Welcome to episode two of Real Sales. I'm your host, Josh Mitchell, and thank you so much for tuning in, watching, or have you consuming this. And this is a topic that I've been actually called this a few times, but I've been called a consumer advocate. And what is a consumer advocate? You know, someone who looks out for the customer and not for the company, fights more for the for the consumer to get their way than to actually make money at a dealership or whatever that I guess that's what I I've been confused on what what actually is a consumer advocate maybe you can chime in and find out and tell me how what you think is a consumer advocate um but consumer advocate versus customer service um you know it's consumer advocate is is obviously a negative thing that gets thrown around in dealerships and I believe that providing world-class service to a consumer means that you're open, you're transparent, and you you give the consumer a, an amazing or what called a world-class customer service experience. And when it comes down to the negotiations is where this gets kind of gets thrown around. And, you know, consumers will ask us a lot of different things. Um, and, and then our salespeople are coming up to the desk and asking if they can have those things. And then all of a sudden we call them a consumer advocate. And I do believe that there are some people that kind of take it a little too far, but customer service, providing world-class service. You know, I, I find it extremely funny because a lot of people could get called a consumer advocate when a cons- consumer is asking, you know, with their 800 credit score. Yes, we get a few of those people out there buying cars. Uh, with their 800 credit score and they're wanting to know the interest rate and we don't want to give them the interest rate because that's what the finance department is does and yet um can i i'm gonna say it like this i did mortgages for eight years no one so the uh, a car is the second most expensive product or investment i won't call it investment but a purchase that most people will ever make. The second, probably nowadays is probably the first because most people are, there's more and more people aren't buying houses because of the expense of buying a house. Uh, so more and more people aren't buying houses. And so it is going to be the number one um, largest purchase that some people ever going to make. Okay. I was in the mortgage business for eight years um, and no one did not know the interest rate going into closing. No one went to the box, so to speak, um, to sign their paperwork without knowing the interest rate months in advance. Sometimes usually 30 to 45 days in advance, they knew exactly what their interest rate was going to be. And it was locked in. Okay. That's the first, uh, number one purchase anyone's going to make. The second one's a car loan. And I find it exact. It, it is asinine to me as, as a, as a dealer, that we put up these defense mechanisms and we have all kinds of different like ways of going about it that we don't want to give the interest rate to a consumer when we've ran credit, when we've done a lot of different things. And we say, well, that's the finance department's place as a, as a sales manager. Um, obviously if a, if a salesperson's coming to me at this, then I need to get off my ass and I need to go talk to that customer and tell them what, what's going on. Because am I, is it is it being a consumer advocate or is it just providing good customer service? Because we're asking them to spend 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, or more thousand dollars with us, and we want to hide things from them. 
That's not good customer service. That's why I laugh when dealerships say that they're transparent and don't even know the fucking definition of transparency. When you ask them what an interest rate or what they're giving for a trade or all these different things, they want to hide behind a desk in an office somewhere behind closed doors, nowhere near the consumer because I don't want to tell the consumer. That's not transparent. So why can't we be transparent with our customers? Do you think that we would have a better customer experience if we just said, here's what it is? Do you, you, I mean, any questions? It's not that we dictate the interest rate. The bank does. The bank tells us what the interest rate is. Do they allow us to make money? Yes. But the reality is if you tell them and they go, well, I'm getting X here. Okay, now you know what you're dealing with. And it kills me when we don't equip our salespeople to be able to handle that type of objection or or to handle that type of conversation. We don't want them to handle that conversation. We want to hold them back, and then we wonder why they always fucking need us. Well, here's a thought. Equip them to be able to answer the question and equip them to be able to answer it once they have something like they're getting 3.99 at their credit union. Equip them to be able to understand how they can get through this and go through the deal without having to have you all the time. And that's good customer service. If they're not having to go back and forth, back and forth, if we equipped our salespeople to be able to handle talking to the customer about their car deal and not just about the car, but the deal and everything that's going on and what we're doing and how we're doing it, if we equip them to be able to handle these types of questions, then it's so much easier. And if you don't like the way that they're handling it, you hired them. That's what kills me about a lot of dealerships in this world. They're like, well, our people can't do it, or she's going to say this, or he's going to say this. Well, you hired him. If you don't want him saying in your dealership, then don't have them work at your dealership. It's that simple. If you don't like the way that they're doing things, if they're lying, they're cheating, if they're if they're going to give it all to the customer, if they're going to do everything for the customer that's not good, then get rid of them. It's your fault that they're still there. If you haven't taught them, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's that simple. If your people aren't equipped to be able to handle those types of questions, it is your fault as a sales manager, as a general sales manager, as a GM, as owners, as sales managers, I'm going to keep going back and forth. Finance managers, if you are in a leadership role and your people are not able to handle these types of questions, it's your fault because you've not equipped them. And if you don't want to, if you're thinking, well, then I'll give them too much information, they'll just give it all. Well, then you're not training them properly. And so are are you allowing them to be consumer advocates? Are you allowing them not to provide good quality, world-class customer service because you don't want them to get better? Ooh, that's a good one. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason why you don't train them the way that they need to answer the questions is because if you did, they don't need you? Wouldn't it be better if you were able to train your people to the point where, yes, in fact, they didn't actually need you in that aspect so you can get them better in other aspects? You can continually grow them as a as an individual, as a sales professional, as a finance person, as a, as a leader inside your dealership, if you could continually grow them, then maybe you could get the promotion as GSM because now they're in your seat. 
Or are you afraid that you're going to lose your seat because you are just where you're at? And you're afraid that if you teach other people to be able to do things that are better than you, that you'll lose your seat and you can't move any further up. That's the big question for sales managers out there that continually throw out the consumer advocate um, argument to their salespeople. Are they really, are you not equipping them right? Are you not able to get them to the right mindset to where they can answer those questions? Because you don't want them answering those questions because if they answer those questions, then why am I here? And why is the finance manager here? And then why is the finance director here? And then all these people just start freaking out because if they can answer all those questions, then why are we here? The reality is, is it will be a better consumer experience if we get our salespeople equipped to be able to answer those questions. It's not that they're going to be consumer advocates. Yes, you might have a few of them in your dealership. That's your training moment. Yes, you have people in there that can't handle that question that probably should never have been hired. But the reality is, is that if you're trying to get your dealership in a better position, then you better train your people. You better get them in position to where they can handle objections, where they can handle all of those questions. Because if you don't, then all you have is a bunch of mediocre salespeople that are going to drive you up the freaking wall asking the same stupid questions every single day. You know, the big thing is, uh, I think the joke is, is that what if, uh, what if we train them and they leave? What if, what if the thing that is killing us now is that we didn't train them and they stayed. The reason why we're in the predicaments that we're in today is because during the last two years, as managers, we kind of had to fight in, in a whole different world, and it was, it was chaos. And then we went through a period of time where we had the car, so we just sold them because we had them. And now we're getting back into the car business where inventory is becoming more and more prevalent that we have it. And so now the selling piece comes back and we weren't prepared. Our people are not prepared and I'm sorry, but it's our fault as leadership in the dealership. And so it's not consumer advocate just because they want to provide an amazing experience for their consumer. And it's our job as leaders inside the dealership to equip our people to be able to answer those questions, to not continually rely on us every five minutes to answer questions that they need to have the ability to answer because it's part of the car deal. And so if you want to move into the future, if you want to be development, uh, develop your people for future leadership roles, then I Stress this more and more every single day. Equip your people to be able to do things that they won't have to rely on you for. Get them better every single day so eventually you don't have to be in your role because they're in your role and you've moved up. Don't be scared that they're going to take your job. Don't be scared that they're going to be better than you 
hope that they're better than you so then they can move up. Hope, because it's going to be even better experience for your consumers. It's going to be amazing experience for your team at the dealership because they're better than you were. And you were able to move to a different position to be a better you. So please, let's move forward. Let's not give our, our keep calling ourselves people's consumer advocates. Let's get down to just plain old customer service, world-class customer service that we provide our customers. Because I can tell you, if we provide amazing customer experience, it means we're, we're providing an amazing dealership experience and employee experience. Because your employees, will, your consumers will never love your company until your employees do. And so if you want a better consumer experience, let's work on our employee experience.